You're tuned in to the UndraftedFreeAgent.com college basketball podcast with your host, Chris McKee. Well, welcome to the UndraftedFreeAgent.com college basketball podcast. I'm your host, Chris McKee. Appreciate you tuning in. Well, we're getting closer to the start of the regular season for college hoops, so want to rev up the podcast a little bit. I was participating in the Missouri Valley Conference media day this afternoon asked a couple questions some of the coaches so hopefully i get that audio and upload it over the next couple days but wanted to chat about some of the canadians to watch out for who i think are going to make a major impact for their schools during the 2023-24 season there are now over 130 canadians who will play in college basketball on the men's side this season alone so basically won a team and obviously i can't touch on all of them i do personally know probably about 100 of the 130 canadians playing any of the kids that came through the ontario or sometimes quebec system i'll get to know them calling the basketball games i've been doing play-by-play for the top prep league in canada now for what seven years called the canadian high school national championship back in march i think it was and then my play-by-play season for orangeville prep just getting revved up as well as writing about college basketball as well so I can't talk about all 130, but here's 15 guys I think that are going to make a major impact in the upcoming college hoop season. The obvious one, everyone knows Zach Eady from Purdue, the seven foot four senior center. He's from Toronto, Ontario. Zach swept all six major National Player of the Year awards last year. He averaged just over 22.3 points per game, 12.9 rebounds, 2.1 blocks, and 1.5 assists. He tested the NBA draft waters once again. It's the second or third time he's done it. No avail, no interest. He's back at Purdue for a senior season. He did have a nice summer, though. He played for the Canadian men's senior national team, not like no U19 or U23. He was with the senior men's national team, so alongside, like, Lou Gensdorf from Oklahoma City. Jamal Murray was at training camp, didn't really play in any of the games, but Shea Gilgis-Alexander, Nikhil Alexander-Walker, Dylan Brooks, all of those dudes. Zach spent the summer competing against those guys. Didn't get a lot of minutes, but still just kind of being around them, I think is really going to help him in the upcoming season, something a little different. Now, the knock against Zach is that he simply can't shoot. He's got no mid-range jump shot. He's never attempted a single three-point shot in three years of college. I mean, that's that's ridiculous. I mean, I know you're seven foot four, you're a center, but Victor Wembanyama, similar height. This guy can shoot threes, right? This is what the league's becoming. Kevin Durant, 6'11 guy, can shoot the three. Dirk Nowitzki, all these guys, they want big guys to shoot threes right now. And Zach doesn't even have a mid-range jump shot. The other knock against Zach Eady, you could say, I mean, it's debatable, but you can argue he disappears in big games. Remember, it was Purdue who became just the second number one seed in the history of the NCAA tournament to lose to a 16 seed this past year when they lost to Fairleigh Dickinson. I mean, that's just atrocious. So if Zach Eadie's going to struggle trying to dominate Fairleigh Dickinson, how the hell is he going to dominate playing against the Toronto Raptors or the Lakers or, you know, whatever, Houston Rockets, you name it, he's going to struggle. Now, another thing with Zach... I know that he's gone back to Purdue, and obviously Matt Painter is one of the best coaches in college basketball. He's amazing. He's a genius. You name it. But I still would have liked to have seen Zach Eady transfer instead of going back to Purdue. Because I think the role he plays under Matt Painter, it's not going to land him in the NBA. We've seen it already. He keeps declaring, coming back. The role he plays at Purdue and not shooting threes and just hovering underneath the basket like a 1990s center would 
If the year was 1996, Zach Eady would be a top three pick in next year's draft. Unfortunately, we're approaching 2024. He's not getting drafted. Now, that's not to say he's not going to work his way into the NBA. Guy of that size and power, and there may be a role from somewhere, but I still think he's got to change what he is a little bit. Start shooting, show a little range, you know, maybe show a little bit of handle, something. Because what he's doing at Purdue is not getting him to the league. Now, he's still going to be college basketball's most dominant player in 2023, 2024. So expect, you know, ED to be in the mix for all the national players awards of the year again. And Purdue to be a, a pretty decent, you know, seed as we come to March Madness. But as far as his NBA future, a little uncertain as to what he's doing, you know, at Purdue. Another Canadian to watch out for, a guy that I love, know him personally, Emmanuel Miller from TCU. 6'7", senior forward from Scarborough, Ontario. So Miller also entered the NBA draft this past season, worked out for a few teams, but you know this is a guy I don't think is going to get drafted, but came back to TCU for his fifth season. He originally committed to play at Virginia Tech out of high school. He was a BioSteel All-Canadian. That's the Canadian version of the McDonald's All-American game. And then when Buzz Williams switched and got the job at Texas A&M, he went with him. It was funny. I was doing interviews with all the kids at BioSteel that particular day when news came across Twitter. And I was, hey, Emmanuel, you see this? And he was like, what? I'm like, yeah, Buzz Williams, he's not. He's leaving Tech. He's going to Texas A&M. What does that mean for you? And he was like, I don't know. Well, we found out in a few weeks he followed Buzz to A&M and uh, played two seasons there. He's going to enter his third year at TCU, where last year he started 31 of 32 games, averaging 12.3 points per game, along with 6.5 rebounds. And he helped the Horn Frogs into the second round of March Madness before losing a close one to Gonzaga. His brother, Leonard Miller, was drafted by San Antonio, technically, on behalf of Minnesota, 33rd overall. Leonard, he had offers from all the, the Blue Bloods, could have played at like Kentucky, Arizona, all these big schools, but he went and played for the G League Unite. Made a few bucks, got himself drafted. I think he was hoping to maybe slide late in that first round. Ended up going in the second round. You can see how emotional the kid is. I know, I've known Leonard from calling his high school games since he was about 14, 15 years old. And actually, during the BioSteel All-Canadian dunk contest, what, not last season, the season before, two years ago, Emmanuel Miller was my broadcast partner. I saw him hanging out in the stands watching his brother. I said, E-Man, come jump in the booth with me. And he ended up coming on air with me for like two hours calling the, uh, the dunk competition to three points. It was a lot of fun. I love this kid, Emmanuel. He is the 2023 version of Charles Oakley. For those of you that remember, you know, the old you know, 90s hoops, early 2000s, Oakley famous, you know, on the Knicks, Chicago Bulls, and had a little stint late in his career up here with the Toronto Raptors. But he's, he's, that, he's that tough dude. He's got that toughness of Charles Oakley. Emmanuel can score if needed, but he's willing to do all the dirty work on the court, diving, rebounds, you know, maybe being a little physical with the team's star player to get him off his game. And I think, you know, that allows his teammates more success because he does all those little things, the dirty things. I, like I said, I don't think he's going to get drafted in the NBA, but he should make his way into the league as a role player somewhere. You know, he may have to go G League, that kind of thing. But I think he's got the physical tools and the toughness to be an NBA guy. And he's certainly going to be an all-Big 12 selection for TCU this year. Emmanuel, Emmanuel Miller, watch out for him. So another kid you want to watch out for from Canada this upcoming college hoop season, Elijah Fisher. He just transferred into DePaul, played last season at Texas Tech. 6'6 sophomore guard from Oshawa, Ontario, which is about 30 minutes east of Toronto. He played his high school ball in Toronto for Crestwood Prep. But this is going to be the most important season of Elijah Fisher's life. 
Elijah was a consensus five-star recruit. He had offers from all the blue bloods of college hoops, but he reclassified. He was supposed to be a 2023, ended up reclassifying late to being a 2022, and then committed to Texas Tech, which was a bit of a surprise. He did play in 28 games with one start in his freshman season, but he ended up averaging just 3.3 points per game and two rebounds per game. He flamed out quickly during his tenure in Lubbock and then, to me, made a bizarre decision to transfer to a really bad DePaul team. They just went 10-23 last year. You know, this guy's gone from being Canada's perhaps most hype recruit, certainly in a decade, certainly the most hype recruit since Andrew Wiggins before he went to uh, to Kansas. Um, and Elijah was supposed to be a surefire NBA's prospect, and he's now on the verge of being a bust if he can't write the ship this year at DePaul. I mentioned, you know, BioSteel All-Canadian. I've been doing the play-by-play for that for about five, six years, and I called the Futures game a couple years ago, which is all the young kids, kind of the, basically the under-16s. And there was NBA scouts in the gym to watch a 15-year-old Elijah Fisher. I was chatting with one of the scouts on the Milwaukee Bucks. I'm like, why are you here? He's like, I'm here to watch Elijah Fisher. So NBA scouts have been tracking this guy since he was 15. But I'm going to tell you something. They're going to stop tracking him when you average just 3.3 points per game. And then you transfer it to a bad DePaul team. So it's funny. I, you know, I posted this on my YouTube already. And then showing up in my DMs, this guy, Ro Russell, who might be, you know, one of the most crooked dudes in prep basketball in North America. They did a the fifth estate, which is kind of like the Canadian version of 60 Minutes, the TV show. They did this investigative report on this guy a couple of years back, showing some of the shysty stuff. He created this fake academy in the U.S., ended up costing Xavier Rattan Mays his first year of college because he was deemed academically ineligible because this school that Roe Russell ran turned out it was fake. The kids actually didn't go to class. They just played hoops, and it was a disaster. Go track down this Fifth Estate documentary on this guy. So I'm assuming he negotiated the transfer for Elijah from Texas Tech to DePaul because he showed up in my DMs calling me a hater, you you know, oh, how can you talk about Elijah like this? Look, I love the kid. Nice kid. I've called his high school games, interviewed him a bunch of times, been a big supporter of him. I just think it's a bad move to go from the Big 12 Texas Tech to a bad DePaul team. And I don't need dudes showing up in my DMs criticizing me. How about, you know, if you're if you're the one handling this kid's situation, get him a better situation. A five-star recruit, you can't get him a better situation than a 10-win DePaul team. But either way, Elijah's got some game. Hopefully he can right the ship at DePaul, but... I, uh, I'll bet money this isn't his last college stop because I'm going to guess if DePaul's bad again this year, that coach is canned, and then he's on the move once again. Another guy that's probably guaranteed to have a little bit more success next year at the college level from Canada, Fardaz Amick. He's transferred into California. He was teammates with Elijah Fisher on Texas Tech last year. Didn't play a lot because he was injured. 6'11 senior center from Vancouver, B.C., Big Maple, they call him. He also tested the NBA draft waters before announcing he was coming back for his sixth season. I mentioned, you know, transferred into Cal this year from Texas Tech, started out at Mercer for a year, then moved over to Utah Valley where he had some success. I'll get into it. But injuries limited Amick to just 11 games played at Texas Tech. He did average 11.1 points per game, 7.9 rebounds in 27 and a half minutes per game. Both Amick and Fisher, I mentioned, they fizzled under Mark Adams, who was fired for making racially insensitive comments back in March. So bit of a dumpster fire at Texas Tech. So don't blame both Amick and Elijah for getting out of there. But looks like Fardoz has got a better situation for him because he's gone back to play for his former Utah Valley head coach, Mark Madsen, who obviously, you know, L.A. Laker, NBA champ, the famed Mormon in the NBA. But Amick was one of college basketball's most dominant players. 
He was the WAC Player of the Year, two-time WAC Defensive Player of the Year, and obviously all WAC first team a couple years. And so him going back with Mark Madsen, I love the fit. I think he's going to have some success. Is he an NBA guy? I don't know. He's a lot like Zach Eady. He's huge. He, you know, Amick's one of those guys who's had like 27 rebounds in a game, something like that, but he can't shoot. No mid-range jump shot, can't shoot from three. And that's what the NBA is this day. It doesn't matter if you're seven foot one or six foot two. If you can't shoot the three, you ain't playing. Well, here's one guy who can shoot the three from Canada. Ryan Nemhart transferred to Gonzaga this, this offseason. Bit of a surprise because he had a lot of success at Creighton, but following in his older brother Andrew Nemhart's footsteps. So Nemhart's six foot junior guard from Aurora, Ontario, which is about 20 minutes north of Toronto. So mention that bit of a surprising move leaving Creighton. Um, you know, obviously, Andrew, his older brother, just finished his rookie season in the NBA with the Indiana Pacers, was a second-round pick. And I think Andrew's going to go on to become an NBA All-Star. Look, outstanding. You know, that's a kid I've followed most of his career as well. I've called, I called games for Ryan when he was a uh, grade 9 and 10, I think, at Vaughn Secondary in Toronto. And then he and followed his brother down to Montverde down in Florida as well and finished grade 11-12 down there. But one of the best point guards in the Big East, ranked 24th in the nation with 176 assists last year, was named to the 2021-22 Big East All-Freshman team, and he's going to be given the keys to Mark Few's offense, and he should have a big year at Gonzaga. Not quite as good as his brother. He's a different player. When you, If you ask Ryan, he'll tell you, I'm not the same player as Andrew. His, his passing is just a step below. I mean, Andrew's one of the best passers. He's, you know, Jason Kidd light. Um, Ryan, an outstanding passer, not quite as good as Andrew, but maybe a little bit more aggressive on the offensive end. He'll take it to the hoop. He'll go in there with the big boys. And so Nemhart, different style of player than his brother, but uh, both clubs, you know, obviously have that high IQ and uh, it's going to be key for Mark Few. At Gonzaga, I say he has a big year. Another Canadian transfer to watch out for, Jaden Bediako, moved over to Seton Hall, 6'10 senior center from Brampton, Ontario. Transferred to Seton Hall after four really nice years at Santa Clara. He made 111 appearances at Santa Clara, 63 starts in his career. Last year, Bediako averaged six points a game, 4.9 rebounds while shooting 52%, which was tied for the team lead at Santa Clara, which is a good team last year, and fifth in the West Coast Conference with 33 blocks. So Jaden Bediako's younger brother, Charles, he went undrafted, declared this past year, played at Alabama. He ended up getting signed by San Antonio, where it looks like he might be a backup or, you know, whenever they're resting uh, Wembenyama on his multiple rest days, whatever. Charles Bediako looks like he's going to get some minutes. Like, different kind of player than Jaden, but... um. Yeah, I think Jaden Bediako going to be a huge key for Shaheen Holloway in his second season in charge, hoping to improve on a 17-16 and 16 record, and bringing in a guy like Jaden Bediako is certainly going to help that. Kid that I love, another kid that I've called this game since he was about 15 years old, Keyshawn Bartholomew. He's at Oregon, 6'2", senior guard from Montreal, Quebec. He played up at Orangeville Prep or Athlete Institute. He had an injury plague first year with Oregon last year. Still averaged 9.3 points per game, 2.4 assists in 26 minutes. Played in 24 games after transferring from Colorado. Started out, he did the redshirt thing. Another guy that committed late. He was reclassified, was going to play a senior high school. Got the offer from Colorado. Took it. I love the move for him. Did the redshirt thing. And then slowly really developed into one of the elite guards in the Pac-12. And then moved over to Oregon. 
And I think he's going to be one of the elite guards in the Pac-12 this year. I don't know if he's an NBA guy. He's certainly got explosive hops, can shoot three, plays really good defense, and uh, not an All-American type guy, but certainly a key figure for the Oregon Ducks. Another Canadian to watch out for, also from Montreal. These guys were AAU high school teammates. Quincy Guerrier, Guerrier. He's gone to Illinois, 6'8", senior forward, mentioned from Montreal. The 24-year-old Guerriere, one of college basketball's most experienced players. He's got 131 games under his belt, totaling 1,280 points, 756 rebounds. Good for a career average of 9.8, 9.8 points per game and 5.8 rebounds per game. Played his first two years at Syracuse under Jim Beheim before transferring over to Oregon for another two years. Declared for the NBA draft in 2022 before returning to Oregon last year where he averaged nine points a game, 4.6 rebound. You know, every single college coach I talk to, they have that same line. Well, we're trying to get older and stay old. Well, Brad Underworth certainly accomplished that by bringing in the 24-year-old 24, 24 Gary I don't think he's an NBA guy. Uh, you know, may get some G League looks and then have a nice career over in Europe. But uh, regardless, he's going to be big for Illinois coming up this year in the Big Ten. Another Canadian to watch out for, a little bit under the radar, Jamil Telfer. He's gone to Butler, transferred from Northeastern after a couple of years, 6'7", senior guard from Boucherville, Quebec. He had three nice years at Northeastern under Bill Cohen. He was third-team All-CAA last year and the 2021 sixth man of the year in the CAA. Averaged 16.4 points per game, along with 2.2 assists last season. Also plays tough defense. That's going to come in handy in the Big East. I got a good look at this kid. Uh, Telford in the summer, he was playing for Canada's U23 team at this thing called Global Jam. It's a summer tournament. The Kentucky Wildcats were up in Toronto. This was their summer preseason tour, and they, they're called Team USA, and they play against Team Canada, which is you know a bunch of NCAA guys, one or two Canadian uh, university kids, a bunch of really good players on the on the team. Last year, Leonard Miller and Emmanuel Miller were on that Global Jam team playing against Baylor, who was Team USA, but he could hang against Kentucky. You really see it. They won the silver medal, lost to Kentucky in the gold medal game. I watched them play Kentucky twice. I chatted with him after one of the games, really mature. I believe he's like one of eight kids, so he's grew up a little bit different than, than most of us. Smart kid, sharp kid. He's going to be huge for Thad Mott in 2023-24. Watch out for Jamil Telford, a butler. And another kid I know all too well, Matthew Alexander Moncrief at Georgia, 6'8", senior forward from Toronto. I called all four years of his high school games up at Orangeville Prep. Know Matthew really well. This is the biggest year of Moncrief's career. Transferred to Georgia last year, replayed well, started 26-28 games, averaging just 5.5 points per game, 5.1 rebounds in 20.5 minutes per game. Played his first two seasons at Oklahoma State under Mike Boynton, who almost destroyed Moncrief's career. He was playing him as a small five in a center position instead of, you know, as, as a two guard or a wing, the, the two or three. Because in high school, Matthew was the Canadian National High School Player of the Year. He was a dominant scorer, really nice offensively. And then I watched just about every single game of his freshman season with Oklahoma State, and you see him playing as a center position. You're like, what the hell is this? So I don't like what Mike Boynton did to this kid at Oklahoma State. I, I never get excited when I see kids transfer. Matthew Alexander Moncrief was one of the first kids I've seen. I was excited to see him transfer. I'm like, get out of Oklahoma State. This guy's not using you right. Almost ruined his career. And I think he's got to develop a bit more offensively because that's he's a scorer. Take the, the ropes off this guy. Let him go play. Let him score. 
And I think he can de develop into something special under Mike White, at, Mike White at Georgia. Watch out for Matthew Alexander Moncrief this year. Another transfer, a lot of transfers on this list. Ben Cricky, who's gone to Iowa, played a couple years at Valparaiso, 6'9", senior forward from Edmonton, Alberta. Four dominant seasons in the Missouri Valley, playing at Valpo. Led the Missouri Valley in with 19.4 points per game, along with 5.9 rebounds. Obviously named first team All-MVC, MVC most improved team last year, as well as being All-MVC third team in the previous two seasons. So, you know, consistent, consistent, consistent. Ben Cricky, not a superstar, but he kind of fits that mold under Fran McCaffrey as a perfect Iowa player. Looks the part, is the part, can do a lot of things. 6'9", you know, can probably play three or four different positions, though. And I think he's going to be an All-Big Ten selection this year in 2024. Another Canadian to look out for, Colby Elvis at Dayton, 6'2", junior guard from Brampton. He had an injury plague 2022-23, missed 15 games after suffering a knee injury. That saw him only play in 19 games with 17 starts. He did average 8.5 points per game, 2.6 rebounds when healthy, and he's shown he can be an elite guard in the A-10. He played his freshman season at DePaul before transferring to Dayton. Where This guy's flourished under Anthony Grant. If Kobe can stay healthy, he should have the NCAA all shook up and become an all-conference talent for the Flyers in 2023-24. Nice kid as well. I know him. Called some of his high school games. Another Canadian to look out for in this upcoming season, I think he's going to have a huge year, Jalen Llewellyn for the Michigan Wolverines. 6'2", senior guard from Mississauga, Ontario. This is going to be Llewellyn's sixth season of college hoops. He missed most of last year with an ACL injury. He played just eight games, and then I think it was over in London, England, went down in a non-contact uh, non thing with against Kentucky, just kind of dropped his knee buckled, and then that was a huge blow for Michigan last year with this guy going down after eight games. But prior to that, he was a two-time All-Ivy League selection at Princeton, first team in 2022, second team in 2020, started all 84 games in his college career. This guy's a Princeton kid. He's an Ivy League kid. Obviously, he's very smart. He's a crafty point guard. He reminds me a lot of Andrew Nemhart. He's like Andrew Nemhart light, really creative passer, makes everyone around him look really good. And if he's healthy, he's an all-Big Ten selection. But if he's not, Michigan could be in trouble. Another Canadian kid to watch out for this upcoming season. We're winding down the list here. Tyree Samuel, now at Florida, 6'9", senior forward from Montreal, Quebec. I also called his last two years of high school up at Orangeville Prep. Really nice kid. Was a bit of a surprise to me to see him in the transfer portal and seeing him end up in Florida. He's had 118 career appearances with 36 starts over four seasons at Seton Hall, which includes starting all 33 games last year. He comes in, Shaheen Holloway comes in. He was a bit of a role player the previous couple of years. Shaheen Holloway comes in, starts him every game, and now he wants to transfer out. So I, I don't know if this is some sort of, you know, uh, connection issue with him and Shaheen. He just wanted out or just wanted a fresh change of scenery. He's from Montreal, so why not want to get down to Florida, maybe just enjoy a year of nice weather. But he's finally developed into the player he was supposed to be coming out of high school. This guy, Tyree Samuel, is exceptionally gifted. But at times, the knock against him, he's too much of a nice guy. Like I said, I, I know the kid. He's too much of a nice kid. I would love to see him be a bit more of a dog out on the court, You know, almost play a bit more of a, a nastier character out there. Three-time All-Big East academic honoree, which is great, but I want to see a bit more intensity out of Tyrese because he is physically gifted. He's got the tools to be an NBA guy. I just think he needs to be a bit more... I wouldn't say a killer, basically, after what happened at Alabama last year, but certainly a bit more of a dog on the court. Watch out for Tyree Samuel. And then finally, 
on my list of Canadians to watch out for that I think are going to have an impact upcoming. Enoch Bowache. He's now at Fresno State, 6'10 junior center from Brampton, Ontario. One word to describe Boache's first two seasons at Arizona State, disappointing. I mean, Boache was a five-star recruit coming out of high school, initially committed to play at Michigan State for Tom Izzo, then switched his commitment to the Sun Devils. Okay, I, I didn't like the move. You can play for Tom Izzo at Michigan State. But hey, goes to Bobby Hurley in the desert, Arizona, Tempe. It's gorgeous. Had a decent freshman year under Bobby Hurley, playing in 31 games, but was an absolute bust last year. Only saw action in 19 games, averaged just 3.3 minutes per game, and as far as his scoring, averaged 0.7 points per game last year. For a five-star recruit, that's that's pretty that's that's ugly. So nice to see he's going to get a bit of a fresh start out of Fresno State. Another guy that I watched up close this summer, he was on that same U23 team with Jamil Telford, a bunch of the guys that was playing against Kentucky. Watched him up close. Enoch Boache looks the part. He looks the part of a big-time college basketball player. He's in great shape, so fitness is not this guy's issue. I don't know what his, his issue is, but he looked really good. He could hang with the Kentucky guys. He was going toe-to-toe you know, with the Trey Mitchells and all of Kentucky's big guys. Looked the part, so hopefully the move to Fresno could be, you know, the redemption that Boache needs to revive his once-promising career. So there's 15 Canadian players to watch out for the upcoming season. I mentioned 130 of them out there, over 130 of them, a lot of really nice players, but these are just 15 guys I'm confident are going to have some sort of impact or at least be interesting to watch. Don't forget, drop me a follow on Twitter, at Mr. McKee. Also hit up our undrafted free agent socials, undrafted underscore FA. I post more on the Instagram. I was posting videos, you know, of all the, the different high school kids I'm, I'm doing. And then I will do some coach interviews coming up. I kind of laxed on it a little bit. Um, just kind of like, what are we doing with this podcast here? But, you know, hey, I'm going into it. This is season three. Trying to be a little bit more optimistic with this and um, try to pump out some more content. Appreciate you tuning in. I'm Chris McKee. Don't forget to hit that subscribe button. Tell a friend, undraftedfreeagent.com. You're tuned in to the undraftedfreeagent.com college basketball podcast with your host, Chris McKee.